0: Everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet, about to be joined by Ken Weeb from Sportsnet. Together, we are Kenny and Rennie, and this is the Kenny and Rennie post game show after what I can only describe as a masterpiece. Yes, I said it a masterpiece. I'm trying to think of the last time the Winnipeg Jets played a game this good since the 2017 18 season I don't know that I can find an example of it i I'm racking my brain I know that 2018 2019 you know they had some they started out the season really well I've been on record saying I, if you go back they played a ridiculous amount of teams that were outside of the playoffs I think they you know cheated their way through a lot of those games and th- did what became a pattern for them over the years skilled their way back into games this game was just an absolute joy to watch. I know I've been on this stretch for the last little while, but when you watch this kind of hockey, right? The kind of hockey where there's a good team in the building playing really good and the Jets are matching that intensity the entire game. It's not, let's sit in our end and get caved in and let our goaltender bail us out. It's matching them stroke for stroke, shot for shot. Uh, that was, I just took a look at that and I thought it was hockey at its absolute best, Trevor Kid was sitting upstairs in the press box. I hadn't seen him for a while, and we were chatting a little bit. And I mean, I, I finished that first period, and I thought that is the best period of hockey I can remember. This team, see, you know, playing for a long while. And he'd said the same thing. He said, "I haven't seen this team play for a while. He hasn't been coming to the building, but he's like, I don't remember the Jets playing like this." And that period didn't last very long. Is one of the best I've seen because they played that second period, which I thought was. Let me tell you, jaw dropping the, the Dallas stars were, you know, there's a lot of times we have these conversations and you'll have heard me in the past say, yeah, well, the jets had a pretty good game, but I didn't think the other team was up at the top of their game. The New York Rangers were an example of me saying that earlier on this season Uh, that the Dallas stars came in here tonight and played their game and played it well. And the Winnipeg jets kicked their butts in the second period They turned things on. I absolutely loved the way they just cranked it up after they got scored on. Kept going from there. Third period. Close it out without really giving the Dallas Stars much of a sniff. I just take a look at this game. And I think, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to stand up on a soapbox and say the Winnipeg Jets are going to the Stanley Cup final or anything like that. I'm not that guy. But what I will say this is you saw tonight what the Winnipeg Jets are capable of. And what they're capable of is being a really, really good, dangerous upper echelon in this league hockey team. Rick Bonas said it afterwards. This team is realizing they're a good hockey team. We've seen the Jets play in a way, and we've seen them do it consistently now for three straight games, that is going to make them a handful for the rest of the upper echelon teams in this league. I don't know what Kenny's going to say. We really didn't have time to talk about it. But before we bring in Ken, we got so much exciting stuff to talk about. First of all, we're giving away Jets tickets in this game. Get ready for that. Stick around. There's a scavenger hunt involved in you getting them. Someone here today is going to win Jets tickets. Of course, someone's going to win an eight-pack of Lamplighter. We'll announce the winner from last time. Uh, We're going to be giving away... Uh, Winnipeg ice tickets on top of that. Stick around for that. And we got to announce because this is going to be a ton of fun. Kenny and I, in the spirit, I know a lot of you think I'm a Scrooge. Kenny's like it's the old uh, Canadian tire commercials give like Santa and save like Scrooge. I know you think Kenny's the Santa and I'm the Scrooge. Well, we're both Santas right now. December 18th, we're having a Kenny and Rennie Christmas party at Trans Canada Brewing Company. And we want you to join us. So we're going to have an event, a live screening of Kenny and Rennie in their social convening room. We can't wait to meet with our fans. We've been waiting for this for such a long time to get there. You're going to be in the room. You're going to be booing all Ken's takes because they need booing quite often. You're going to be cheering Rennie's takes on like there's no tomorrow. It's going to be great. We can't wait for it. We're going to get into the details of that. But we want to pack that room full and show Transcanner Brewing uh that kenny and Rennie has the best the best viewers out there right now before we get to that though we got to bring in the main man my main man kenny weeb let's bring him in right now the man with the best music in the business here comes kenny Ken, so much excitement here, so much to talk about, so many giveaways on the show, so much fun stuff to look forward to, and it all happens on a day where I think the Winnipeg Jets played the best game I can remember seeing since that year that they went to the conference final. Am I out to lunch on that, or did you just witness something you haven't seen for a very long time from the Winnipeg Jets?
1: Well, it was a very impressive effort for sure, Sean, uh, and I would maybe counter with one of those playoff games during the sweep uh, of the Edmonton Oilers maybe uh, might have been I mean they kept uh, Connor McDavid under wraps Sean that's one of the most difficult jobs in all of hockey
0: they didn't uh, keep him under wraps they he he put up great numbers of points sure the it was just a terrible team with that didn't have any depth that they overcame and did so in a bunch of overtimes and barely squeaked it out no you're right you're wrong you're wrong do you, do you need me to take you out of the show? play your music and play you back in for you to come back with a better take what's happening here
1: sean come on man uh just because someone doesn't agree with you doesn't mean the take is off uh
0: you're right you're right uh, i would also say Uh, what,
1: what, what we know is that their effort against the st louis blues was excellent but the blues have been in a spiral since what we also know is that the dallas stars are a very good hockey team um i mean again we expect the st louis blues to get out of the tailspin sooner than later Uh, This is one of the more impressive efforts, Sean, because of what you mentioned. In the first period, both teams were flying. There were chances at both ends. The Jets generated 12 scoring chances, several of the higher danger variety. But in the second period, after giving up the first goal, which in previous incarnations may have deflated the Jets, they came back, scored 21 seconds later, and then all of a sudden
0: a little bit of a freeze up there sorry sorry.
1: just make that last point again you oh sorry uh, no I mean it, so they come back score 21 seconds later after giving up a goal that they didn't like and then kind of put the pedal down and the Stars had no response Right. I mean that uh, That was impressive there's no doubt about it um, you know, big effort by their top line for sure got a bit of a break on the Wedgwood mishandle the second line scoring on that one um, you know the penalty kill was very good again Uh, And the Jets were just very structured. And Sean, this is the thing, and we know this. I mean, a lot of teams like to say, you know, no big deal. We don't care about the litmus test games. We don't care about measuring sticks. Uh, Brendan Dillon said it flat out. This team kicked the Jets' butt. And Mason Appleton said it after the game. They knew they were outclassed by the Dallas Stars in game two of the season. And guess what? They returned the favor. Now, the only difference is Jake Ottinger wasn't playing today. But Scott Wedgwood, it's not like he was the weak link in this game by any stretch of the imagination. Adam Lowry's line did a fantastic job against Rope Hintz, Joe Pavelski, and Jason Robertson. Yes, Robertson scored the lone goal, but that goal came against Mark Shifley's line on one of the shifts where the Jets didn't get Lowry's line out against them. Uh, they were very impressive, and um, you know uh, this was an important win for the Jets. Yes, we know that you know you're not hanging banners on November 8th, Sean. But this is the kind of game where teams look back and say, "Hey, remember that? Remember when we did that?" And I, I love the line of questioning that you asked Rick Bonus about, asking him, you know, a week just over a week ago, Rick Bonus stopped, stopped the question and answer period and said, "Hey, we haven't been good enough." Since that time, the Jets have been more than just good enough. They've built and grown every single game, and they just beat one of the best teams in the NHL, and basically. You know, slam down their fist and say, "Hey, for all you te- or all you people that thought we just sleep sleepwalk through the first, uh, you know, seven or eight games, we might have something here."
0: Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. I just wanted to say, looking sharp as usual, Ken. I feel dapper. I'm in one of Frank's ensembles. This is one of the uh, people we talking about that before you'll notice there's a little bit of an off gray look to here with the tie. This is one of the things that Frank very very carefully explained to a guy like me you know like brought out the pencil and kind of sucked the 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 tongue out of the side of the mouth as I wrote down and sketched everything that I was supposed to do to put it together. But I got to say when it all comes together, Frankie's the man that Vittorio Rossi, who knows how to make us look like a million bucks. Go check out the boys at Vittorio Rossi. If you want to look like Kenny and Rennie, uh, it's easy to do because they got the guys, Frank and the boys know exactly how to do it. So go check them out on Corden Avenue. Go say hi to them and make sure if you do head down there, tell them that Kenny and Rennie sent you. Uh, Ken, uh, I take a look at this you you asked the question a couple of times. How motivated do you think um, Rick Bonus had his boys, <laughs> considering it was his former team come into the building here? And we know it killed him. He wasn't there for that first game that they played against the Dallas Stars.
1: Well, I mean, he certainly downplayed it. Uh, our, our, my pal Matthew DeFranks from the Dallas Morning News was certainly hoping to uh, dig into that storyline a little bit this morning. Uh, Rick Bonus giving him absolutely nothing other than the cliches that it's just another game and it doesn't matter and yes he saw a few people uh, from the stars whether it be players or management it's all good man it's all good <laughs> so he wasn't playing along but uh you know no it, it, let's not kid ourselves rick bonus loved his time in dallas but he basically got fired at the end of his tenure so nobody likes to be let go from their current job uh, and you know he was he has been very complimentary uh, both towards the team itself and towards Pete DeBoer and the job that he has done with the Dallas Stars. But let's be honest, you always want to beat your former team. It doesn't matter what sport, what level, what what anything. You always want to beat the team that previously employed you, whether you're a player, a coach, a scout, manager, equipment manager, trainer, water bottle filler, anything. So there's no doubt that uh, Rick Bonus would have been fired up about this win. And and you could tell. I mean, Mark Shifley gave a pretty, uh, you know, invigorated answer about wanting to get that win for for their head coach, especially after he missed that first visit to Dallas. Uh, and let's not kid ourselves. Rick Bonus loves the fact that these teams are going head-to-head for first place. I loved Rick's attitude in the morning. Embrace it. You know, people want to say, oh, it's only game 12. Who cares? Right on. I mean, and Mason Appleton. He said... After he got traded back from Seattle last year, there were a ton of games that were all only about pride. You know, so Embrace, Pete DeBoer was the same way. It's only November, but the more times you get up for playing an opponent, the more important games you have over the course of the year, the more ready you should be to get your elevated level up for those games against first place opponents. So uh, I like the way they handle it on a lot of fronts. And I think it was important for the Jets because, you know, it would have been easy for them to kind of fold after giving up that goal to Jason Robertson after kind of... I wouldn't say they owned the game, but they held a good chunk of the play in the first period, which was even. They give up the first goal, but then absolutely came back with authority. And then that top line really started to roll and they really got into their, you know, rhythm and flow and structure, took advantage of the Wedgwood turnover, as mentioned, and they never looked back. And I I like the fact that they they didn't let off the pedal and then two that shift just an unbelievable shift by Josh Morrissey incredible patience getting the puck up to Neil Pionk and then Neil Pionk waiting until the shooting lane opened up for Saku Linen, who I thought was fantastic now important game I mean he's not going to be all over the score sheet he was he was involved in the game physical getting scoring chances and then he gets rewarded with his first uh, as a member of the Winnipeg Jets very impressive job right there uh and we'll, we'll we'll dig through a lot of the other stuff as we'll we go along here
0: we'll get into it for sure i wanted to cool. see if i knew someone was going to notice it sooner or later robert sutton says rennie you look better with the beard i didn't lose a bet but at about you 10 look 10 good buddy you look night, good at about 10 o'clock last night my daughters came to me and i uh, said it's time get rid of the beard so i got up i walked over i shaved it off which means it's official the end of the sean reynolds you know what in a box era is officially upon us i gotta say ken i finished shaving it and i looked in the mirror and i'm not sure i liked what i saw it's probably not a good idea to make your life decisions based on the opinions of 12 and 11 year old girls which my daughter are but my which my daughters are but you know what uh I'll do anything for my daughter. So they come to me, they tell me to shave the beard, and I do. Buddy, it- you look good. You look good. Here's- I'm going
1: to be honest with you. I know a lot of people in the media were saying you shouldn't have done it. I, you know, appreciate you shaving the beard. Good job. Good job.
0: Uh, I'll tell you this: so the one, the one daughter after I shaved, it, I walked out. She's like, "Yeah, you probably should have kept it on." <laughs> that didn't, that didn't feel too good. But you know what? I'll ride with it anyways. Hey, I wanted to give a shout out here quickly. Blue Thunder uh, says this win is dedicated to my oldest best friend, Chris. Of 45 years, who passed away suddenly yesterday. Love you forever, Blue Thunder. Uh, We're so sorry. Um, We appreciate you being here. I'd love for the Kenny and Randy chat room to give Blue Thunder a little bit of love here. We've talked in the past. um, I know I've talked in the past about loss on this show. It's a safe space to do so here. Uh, We're thinking about you, Blue Thunder. Thank you for showing up and being here uh, and thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, we're here for you. Um, let's uh, get into uh, some of the business of the program here. Lamplighter. Give me an idea of what your lamplighter was on the day, Ken.
1: Yeah, a couple great candidates. And uh, I would say the setup by Mason Appleton to Mark Shifley was the most important goal of the game because it came for that line after giving up the first goal of the game to Jason Robertson. But in terms of the prettiest goals, uh, there was none prettier than Kyle Connor. Uh, his ability to create space—he uh, spun around. He left Tyler Sagan in in the dust, and then Mark Shifley. Just, I mean, people say, "Oh yeah, you know that's just an easy tap in." Mark Shifley has to create the space because everyone's looking around for somebody to cover, but nobody covered Mark Shifley. The the delay by Kyle Connor, and then the acceleration past Tyler Sagan to find Mark Shifley for the backdoor tap-in and in his eighth goal of the year. That's my Lamplighter, even though there were a ton of good candidates again this evening.
0: All right. Well, I want to announce right now, uh, In Bones We Trust is the winner of the latest eight-pack of uh, Lamplighter. Uh, I wanted to announce him. And, of course, you know we give away an eight-pack of frosty, delicious Lamplighter Amber Ale from Transcanter Brewing Company on every single one of our shows. All you got to do is give us your Lamplighter, your goal of the game, And you're automatically entered. I've been busy chat or putting down the names already of the people who are taking part. Just do that. We'll uh, draw a number of all the people who join in, and uh, you're going to get yourself an eight pack. Lamplighter Amber Ale, of course. If you can't wait to win one, head on down to 11290 Kennison and go to Transcanter Brewing Company at their chat, at their excuse me, their tap room. You want to remember this address, people, because that's where Kenny and Rennie are going to be having their Kenny and Rennie Christmas party on December 18th. We can't wait to head down there. So get. Leaving us your lamplighters uh, because uh, it's one of our funnest parts of the show is giving that away. I also wanted to do the Johnston Group got you covered play of the game. Of course, Johnston Group, the Kenny and Rennie OGs. Uh, I was going to say this, can I right off the bat, uh, there was that Mason Marchment breakaway, right? And, um, and I texted you right away. I just, I didn't even need to say it. I just said, Johnston Group got you covered, right? Because I was thinking that was going to be it. Because, hey, I thought if the Dallas score, the Dallas Stars score there, the entire complexion of the game changes, right? Maybe it turns out a different way, but that is not my Johnston Group got you covered play of the game. Because I don't believe that that's the case. I used to think that the Winnipeg Jets were a fragile team where a goal like that would have turned everything. And I don't believe that anymore. And the perfect example of that is my Johnston Group got you covered play play of the game which is that goal by the Shifley line who after they go out and get scored on for the opening goal of the game they come back out and score an absolutely beautiful play in which you'd asked about it a little bit or Rick Bonus was actually I think it was Murat from The Athletic who, who had asked about it just the way that the Jets are activating everybody they get scored on and then what do they do they throw four guys up into the rush to head down the ice and it's one of the defensemen who jumps up and is the guy leading the charge down the ice. It's the vacuum, the wake. I keep talking about the wake created, and I think it's Nate Schmidt. It's the wake created by him that Mason Appleton steps into. And that's when he gets that pass across from Kyle Connor and then moves it back across to Mark Shifley for the tap-in goal. Talk about timing. This is Not a mentally fragile team, these Winnipeg Jets. They are a strong team who go out and seem to be able to find a way. I know uh, Wheeler's line did it against the Montreal Canadiens after they fell down 2-1 in that game to have the tying goal that sent it into overtime. And here we have it tonight. The Winnipeg Jets' pushback is strong. They do not crumple after getting scored on. They push back. And that's everything that the Johnson Group We Got You Covered play is all about, coming out and making sure that when things don't go your way, You make sure they do go your way. That's what the Johnson Group does, got you covered. Uh, And once again, we are so, so proud and so happy to have the Johnson Group with us as our original sponsor you won't find two businesses with the same challenges but you will find thirty thousand businesses with chambers plan employee benefits proudly administered by our friends at johnson group chambers plan is canada's number one plan for employee benefits because it evolves with the way you work and live the plan is run as a not-for-profit designed specifically to support small businesses and its unique pooling strategy keeps rates stable so you won't have any surprises at your next renewal. Chambers Plan now comes with professional consulting on key financial, legal and HR issues and teledoc telemedicine services are included with every health option. See how Chambers Plan can benefit your business by visiting chamberplan.ca. And thank you so much to the Johnson Group for being there uh, since the very beginning with us. Uh, Really appreciate them. And if you're a small business and you're looking for support, go talk to them because they'll have you covered just like Mark Shifley's line had the Jets covered on a night where they went down early and finished strong for the rest of the game. Uh, Ken, let's talk a little bit about, I wanted to talk about Blake Wheeler's play because I know that you talked about uh, Wedgwood fumbling the puck there. I thought that was vintage, old-school Blake Wheeler who is just faster than anyone could possibly look at that size. He goes in, creates the chaos behind the net, Chips the puck back out. Cole Perfetti moves it a little further out. and It's a wide-open, empty net goal for Pierre-Luc Dubois. I would say this. I, it's one of these things where you look on the score sheet and you see a third assist, and you usually think that's a guy who may have just you know, chiseled the point in a way. That's not the case here. That goal is Blake Wheeler, whether or not he's the second assist, the first assist, or putting the puck in himself. That play does not happen if it's not for Blake Wheeler.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, Scott Wedgwood is pretty good at handling the puck. And, yes, he coughed it up on that one. He doesn't cough it up unless Blake Wheeler is right on him, right? I mean, that's the thing. He knows he has to make a play. Otherwise, never mind fumbling it. Blake's just going to take it from him, right? I mean, that's the whole whole play. And really nice job by uh, Cole Perfetti to get that pass out in front to Pierre-Luc Dubois, who is suddenly up to six goals uh, on the season, uh, Blake. You know, sorry, uh, Mark Scheife leading with eight, but, I mean, man, Pierre-Luc Dubois had a couple of great great shifts again. Uh, one of those shifts, he was in a one-on-one battle with Wyatt Johnston, the rookie uh, from the Windsor Spitfires who earned, uh, you know, earned his job to stay in the NHL instead of being sent back to junior. And Pierre-Luc Dubois just stuck his arm out, and you basically was like, I-, I appreciate you playing, young man, but I'm going to take it from here. Uh, But yeah, you're right. I mean, Blake Wheelers has had the wheels going. uh, Skating, uh, you know, no pun intended, but he's been skating well. Uh, That line seems to be, you know, generating quite a bit of offense. It's been able to, you know, sort of swing momentum in games at times. Uh, I think there have been times where Cole Perfetti needs to be a little bit more, you know, look for his shot a little bit more. But man, he's such an elite passer. Uh, I'm not here to question when he shoots and when he passes. Uh, And Dubois really elevated his game. Uh, since the Vegas game, whereby his own admission was one of his worst games, uh, that line's been really good. You're bang on. There's no doubt about it.
0: Um, okay, we've kind of got a little bit of the call here. Someone in the chat room, nine 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 Fry says, "Guys, let's talk about the tickets." Okay, <laughs> let's get into it and let's talk about the tickets. We, I, I said off the top of the show, we're giving away a pair of Jets tickets, and it's—I should say—we are, we are doing it. We are being handed the tickets. To hand over to you by our good friends at Cambrian Credit Union. Uh, and we wanted to show you something, some exciting news for them. They are doing uh, a nice launch to their website. And they mm-hmm. wanted to celebrate that by throwing out some Jets tickets. So we're excited about this. We have a challenge for you all. The winner of that challenge gets 2 jets tickets to see the jets play arizona on tuesday march 21st today cambrian launched two new online experiences a fully redesigned cambrian online banking so if you bank with cambrian i'm sure you've been checking that out it's really really uh, uh it's a really really user-friendly experience i've found because i am a member of cambrian credit union and they've also launched a brand new website at cambrian.mb.ca i've checked out the new website it's streamlined it's easy to follow your financial goals you will see exactly what i mean when you go there and you should go there because that's part of this little scavenger hunt that we have prepared now pay attention everyone Because once I explain this, the race is on. The first person to find an image on their website at cambrian.mb.ca and type or copy and paste the URL into the chat box wins the Jets tickets. The image you are looking for is an animated piggy bank. So go to cambrian.mb.ca, explore a little bit. As soon as you find a page that has an animated piggy bank, share it in the chat room, first one to do it, gets the Jets tickets. So check it out. Uh, And thank you so much to our friends at Cambrian Credit Union. Go take a look and be first in the chat room. You got yourself some Jets tickets. The starter pistol has been fired, (laughs) Ken, so I'll keep watching this. I want you to uh, tell me a little bit about, oh, Dale is asking what's the URL. Just copy the address and put it into the chat room here, okay? Uh, Ken, tell me a little bit about what you saw from Counter-Halibut tonight.
1: Yeah, just rock solid. I thought he was very good in the first period. I mean, yeah, I mean, we know that that, uh, the scoring chances were, you know, at all situations, the high danger chances were 10-3. The Jets were pretty solid defensively. But, Sean, the ones they gave up, you mentioned that Marchman breakaway. Boy, oh, boy. Uh, That was a big save. And what a sequence that was. Cole Perfetti in tight, going to the backhand. Wedgwood makes the stop at one end. Marchman at the other end, just an impressive, uh, you know, tried to go blocker side and it was stopped. But uh, again, Sean, it was interesting. I know that you were on with Hustler on Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, earlier this week. It was yesterday, talking about how the goalie doesn't necessarily need to be the first star every night. Tonight, if Connor Hellbuck had had a shutout, this would have been another one of those nights where, Hellebuck was really good, but he wasn't necessarily the best player on the ice. So he would not have needed to be the first star, but he played another sound game. I thought he was excellent in terms of his positioning. He was doing an excellent job. Not a lot of rebounds. His rebound control was excellent. His movements. It was classic Hellebuck. Big and boring, right? I mean, that's how he sort of talked about himself coming out of college. He did an excellent job on a lot of fronts. Uh, Not overly busy. 23 saves for the victory. But boy, oh boy, the numbers, uh, Sean. They just keep getting better and better. I haven't gone to the updated numbers yet, but I will uh, during the course of this conversation here. He's got to be getting close to, you know, it's going to be right at two or just under in terms of his goals against. His save percentage continues to be on the rise. Uh, He's just been an absolute force, Sean. Both you and I had him in as the, oh, there it is, 198 goals against average and 9.38 save percentage. Wow, I mean, these, (laughs) 9.24 is his best of his career and 2.36 is his lowest goals against average, or sorry, 2.34, but that was only 26 games. And again, this goes well beyond the raw numbers uh, for Connor Hellebuck. I mean, he's been excellent. And he has done everything the Jets have asked of him. But the Jets also have to get David Riddick a start coming up here. I know there's a break between games. They have a back-to-back on the weekend. I have to imagine that even with the break here, you got to think David Riddick will get the start against the Seattle Kraken. But Connor Hellebuck, they want to keep him rolling right now because of how great he's playing. But they also need to find those windows to get him a break, Sean, right? You've you got to get that uh, the breather when it's required and I think it's going to be required it'll be interesting I mean and could you see him play against Calgary I don't I you know I don't think so I think the Jets want to have Hellebuck in on Saturday night and then I think you'll go with Riddick on Sunday in terms of Hellebuck one other thing we need to talk about Sean Um, the adventures of puck handling have been very limited this year I think there have been stretches where Connor Hellebuck's puck handling has been excellent has there been one or two occasions, yes, where it's been a bit of a, you know, a, bit of a challenge? But I think he, he worked at it this summer, and you can tell he's been really solid. I think it's been impressive to watch. But boy, oh boy, he looks so calm and confident between the crease. It's very impressive.
0: You know, I tweeted something earlier out today about the, uh, the idea of, uh, and it's funny because, you know, Twitter can be a little bit of a hellscape sometimes i had made a point that anyone who has stopped coming to games over the last couple years because they were frustrated by maybe the effort they're seeing from the winnipeg jets which is an argument i have all the time in the world for people want to know about sean reynolds brooding pessimism and why i'm seem to be so you know upbeat about the jets wins now compared to what we've seen in the past it has everything to do with the style of play that they played which i've been saying for a long time i didn't think was sustainable i think people got frustrated by that and i think it's one of the reasons there aren't as many people in this building um i was saying for those people who may have stepped away from this building and going to jets games because they didn't feel that the product that they were watching was worth the money that they were paying or was worth coming down to their rink to watch i was making the point that you may want to revisit this team hold on you got something there sorry it looks like it? a
1: couple of people in the chat room have posted a link but it's not showing up i think i guess i don't know
0: i'm not sure if they're okay um okay well I, I would suggest people keep trying grabbing it or write it out if you don't do it if you don't do it in a way that it is uh um, like if you write it out without you know creating the line below it maybe we'll be able to see it there um i'm just gonna jump back into this conversation sorry about that um so so right away, you know, there was a number of people who seemed to get upset with my suggestions saying, "I, you know, I'm being insensitive to people, uh, you know, who can't afford to games or whatever. That wasn't the point of it. I understand that. I understand it's expensive to go to games. I know people were taking pot shots saying I go to games for free and I do go to games for free. It's part of the job that I do. Um, I don't get free seats, how people were saying, but I do sit in the press box, and I am lucky. I am lucky. I find as a as a someone who loves being around hockey, I'm lucky to have carved out a job that allows me to do that. So I don't for a second take for for granted anything like that, and I don't take for a second to for granted for a second what people have to pay to get into this building. That is not the point of what I was saying. The point of what I was saying, if there is a segment of hockey fans who've been turned away from this building because they didn't feel that the product on the ice was matching their expectations. I think you should probably revisit things because, uh, because what I felt like I saw here tonight, Ken, was two really great hockey teams who play an honest, hardworking game who are both very skilled. Uh, I saw them going at it uh, shot for shot. And then one, uh, one of those two boxers just starting to take over the other one. It was a lot of fun here in this building site. Someone had posted earlier on, it didn't feel like a game in November. This felt like it had, you know, playoff implications to it. There were, it was a lot of fun to see that. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Mason Appleton. Uh, I want you to get into Mason Appleton and what you've seen from him because, oh, uh, sorry, you got something for me here?
1: No, it looks, sorry. Let's see if they can send it by email. It looks like it's not showing up in the chat. Okay. so We're going to change
0: the rules. Everyone who's got that, direct message me on my Twitter account. Uh, is yours open
1: now? Do you have it open?
0: It's open. It's been open okay. for a long time. Direct message me on Twitter account. The first message I received with uh, with with the uh, uh, URL, of the the piggy bank gamers that we're looking for is going to get those jets tickets. Right?
1: Yeah, for people who don't know, SN uh, Sean Reynolds.
0: Yeah, so, sorry. Well, take that off. Take this off right here, people. At SN Sean Reynolds is where you're going to go to send me that. Uh, Send me that image, and then let's get at it. Okay, so let's get talking about Mason Appleton.
1: Sure, and here's the thing. I mean, there's been lots of debate. You know, does Mason Appleton fit? Does he not? Who should go there? Sam Gagne took a couple twirls on that line for a bit uh, when Appleton hadn't skated much. And then he went back up with them when he was rolling after being, you know, on a line with Adam Lowry and getting back to what he does best. Today was Mason Appleton's best game of the season probably his best game since he was reacquired from the Seattle Kraken what he did was do the things that he does well Sean this is similar we saw this early on in, in Ad, or Andrew Cop's career where Andrew would get a bump off the Lowry line and play on the top six things would go well but then he would maybe overcomplicate his game a little bit and then he'd go through a bit of a dry spell offensively so Mason Appleton Sean anyone who's been in this situation it's the stuff that dreams are made of. If you get bumped to play on the top line with Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor, it, it's it's like a gift from above. But you have to remember to do the things that you do well. So today, Mason Appleton, using his speed, winning board battles, getting involved on the four check. And then the element that we have, haven't seen as much, the passing ability. His pass to Mark Shifley is elite. Yes, Kyle Connor gets it across to him with great vision. But Appleton finding Shifley on the back door for the for the one one timer tap in, that's a high level pass. I mean, those are the kind of plays we saw him make as a member of the Manitoba Moose when he was the AHL Rookie of the Year. He's been used in more of a checking line role since coming to the NHL level. That is probably where he will be used and be the most successful. But today he showed a little bit of that skill off. But he got things going by getting his own game in order his checking game chipping pucks out making simple plays and that's why he was able to feel confident and then when the puck was on his stick he made a couple of really smart offensive plays that resulted in goals that's you know that's why he was rewarded late in the game by getting on when the goaltender was pulled he gets himself an easy empty netter for his first of the year that's the kind of game the Jets have been waiting for from Mason Appleton and Rick Bonus loved the way he played, and that's why he was out there at the end of the game uh, with his usual linemate, not the bumped-up line mates uh, because Nikolai Ulis remains on the shelf and may be skating by the end of the week. That's the best uh, uh, update Rick Bonus was able to provide on Monday.
0: Okay, uh, I want to announce we've got a winner in our first ever okay. Cambrian competition. The winner of the Jets tickets is it's me Jean.na. uh that would be that's the name it's at gianna jets 55 is uh the first person who got that to me so you just uh direct message me uh gianna if you want to do so again with uh your email we will set you up with your jets tickets and thank you everyone for taking part you're absolutely blowing up my phone here uh, thank you for doing that, everybody. And now that we know that going forward, uh, it'll give everyone a leg up next time on how we get there. It's clearly a lot of people had found it. And we're just waiting for a place to send it. Uh, so I feel like it was an even playing field in that regard. Um, and uh, congrats, Gianna. Make sure you get back to me because there's the next person in line. I've got everything uh, that everybody sent in. I've got it uh, time stamped on who's came first and who's came after and so on and so forth. Uh, so there is a second place person here who we will move on to if I don't get a message from Gianna uh, claiming the tickets. Um, before we go on, hey, did you want to talk about Lou?
1: Yeah, you bet. One of our one of our most recent sponsors. If you're if you need anything on the real estate side, if you're buying or selling, uh, check out our main man Lou Furlan uh, from Royal LePage Dynamic Realty. Uh, You can reach him at louferland.ca. We've got his uh, phone number available, the office line 204-989-5000 and his mobile 204-791-9971. Lou is my personal agent, uh, an agent to many, uh, one of the best people in the business, a big community supporter, and uh, we're thrilled to have him on board with the Kenny and Rennie show here. we've been talking about uh, joining forces and we've finally been able to do so so yeah if you're looking for anything buying or selling uh, Lou Furlan is the man for the job
0: yeah you betcha and let's close this out I just want to say this uh, Gianna has already claimed she's already sent me everything like that so the tickets are off the table great job thanks everyone for taking part in that wow That blew up really quick, uh, which is great stuff. Thank you so much to Cambrian for giving that away. And before we do shut things down with our sponsors here, I want to just give a a shout-out to Homefield for the dig deeper um, comment of the game. You know what? I know exactly who this is going to, Ken. Uh, I'm going to send this uh, to Blue Thunder because I honestly think, you know, it takes a lot of courage to bring this kind of stuff up and have these conversations. I think these are the kind of conversations that need to be put out there Uh, And I just admire the heck out of Blue Thunder for coming here and telling us about his best friend, Chris, uh, of 45 years, who he lost. He brought it into this space, which we know is a safe space because the Kenny and Rennie chat room, well, let's be honest, Ken, they are awesome. We have just we are so lucky to have the people that we have in the chat room and we know they handle this kind of stuff. Uh, great, but it takes it takes courage uh, to be someone like Blue Thunder who comes out and has this conversation. So thank you so much again for sharing that with us, with Blue Thunder, and thank you Kenny and Rennie chat room for handling that so well. Um, where do you want to go from here, Ken? I'm going to give you the open four because uh, I, I want to kind of bounce off of whatever it is you have to say.
1: Yeah, quick one. Uh, I just want to touch on the defense quickly. I mean, we've been talking so much about uh, you know Ken, that you know Rick Bonus right on day one of training camp saying they wanted to go from 24 goals. To somewhere in the 40s. Well, uh, again, it wasn't a goal today, but the defense involved again, both Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk chipping in assists on the goal by Saku Menelainen. Uh, you know, Morrissey now up to 12 points in 12 games, yeah. uh, just having an exceptional start. Uh, I think it's been very impressive. And staying on the defense just for one second, I mean, Dylan DeMello very active again today. Uh, a quick one on Dylan Samberg. He had a couple of puck touches that were a little, you know, not the best for him out of the gate. Uh, but this is what I think is impressive to me about. I mean, I understand he's not a young player in terms of, you know, be coming out a junior at 20. Yes, he played three years of college hockey, but he's still very inexperienced at the NHL level. And for Dylan Samberg, he was taken out of the lineup, even though he was playing well enough by Kyle Capabianco, for Kyle Capabianco, by Rick Bonus. That's not an easy thing to go through for some young players. He had a couple tough puck touches early. That could have sunk a lot of players. I thought he responded really well as the game went on and then started to play that steady type of game that we're used to seeing. And then I think, you know, he won't get a point Sean, but Dylan Sandberg steps up on the mental line and goal in the neutral zone, knocks the puck down, gets it over. I think they have the zone entry. Um, and then they got it went from there. But, I mean, I thought it was, sorry, it was on the Dubois goal that he won't get a point, but he stopped. He got the puck. He's the guy who rimmed it around Wedgwood for the fumble. That's the goal that that play happened on. Wheeler forces the play. That's something there. It, it doesn't show up on the score sheet, but the coach realizes a smart read in the neutral zone. Um, you talked about the zone entry denials, Sean, to Rick Bonus. That's a great example. Really smart play, stepping up. He didn't get tentative after a tough start. And that's what you need young players to do when they're trying to win the competition for that sixth defenseman spot. So I wanted to quickly get that out there uh, in terms of how the defense played before we move on to some other things here.
0: Well, you know what? Since you brought up Sandberg uh, and, you know, what they're looking for in these players, I I thought it, I want to talk about a little bit of the culture stuff that's going on around the Jets. And so we talked to Dylan Sandberg this morning who gets back into the lineup after Copo Bianco or Capo Bianco um, gets in and plays the game. And Sandberg jumps back in. And then I want to talk about Dylan Harkins, or sorry, Jansen Harkins after that, uh, because I think that these are stellar examples of what's happening in this dressing room and where this team is at right now. We talked a little bit about Capo Bianco and the idea in our last show that, you know, there's... there the guys are kind of like rooting for each other. Well, Samberg comes back into the lineup and what do you get from him? This, this kind of recognition that he says, Hey, like we're here to play. I want to play. I want to play, but I just thought that he handled it so well. He didn't, you know, seem like he was overly upset about being taken out of the lineup. He seemed to have a very strong recognition that, This is a sign for him that he's got to keep pushing. He's got to earn his keep. There's no, you know, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Um, I just thought he handled it well. And then I thought Jansen Harkins won up them And a little bit of a funny story about Jansen Harkins. We had uh, Dylan Samberg go, and then he stepped away, and so there's we're in the Jets dressing room, there's a Jets backdrop, all of the media are in kind of like a semicircle around, and a player steps into that semicircle with the backdrop to his back, and then we have those conversations, and we're waiting for Jansen Harkins to come in. And Jansen Harkins is just kind of behind me at his seat and he's, you know, taking off his chin pads, taking off his elbow pads. Everything's kind of going like a little bit slow. And at some point, <laughs> someone goes goes over and it says like Jansen, like everyone's waiting for you. And he didn't realize that he was next up so he kind of comes up and he says i was sitting there watching everybody and think thinking who's the jerk who's waiting everybody or making everybody wait here and then i realized that i'm the jerk right so i thought that was funny as he's got he's kind of got this going through his head and it gives me an idea of how loose this player is. Right. Do you know what I mean? He, he's loose. He's, here's a guy who is in a, not, I don't want to say an established NHLer, but a locked in NHLer for a couple of seasons who didn't make it out of training camp and got split back down. And one of the lines I absolutely love from Jansen Harkins is when he was asked about that situation, he'd said going down to the Manitoba Moose was a great opportunity. Who says that, Ken? Who gets spit out of the NHL After feeling that maybe he'd arrived and he was there and he'd locked in, who gets demoted to the minors and looks at it as a great opportunity? Well, whoever does, it's a person who goes out and gets five goals and four assists in six games and fights his way back up to the NHL. I'm not saying it's done for Jansen Harkins. I'm not saying that when Nick Ehlers comes back, he may not find himself back down uh, in the minors, but I think that those two players who are on the bubble have a real good idea of what they need to do to try and stick around, and a good eye, good attitude when they don't stick around, and. I just think that it is just more examples of the culture that's been established in this room under Rick bonus. I'd said it earlier on in bones. We trust had, uh, had said yay for winning the lamplighter eight pack. Uh, you'd ask the question, you've got to DM me just like everybody else was with your information, your full name and, uh, and your email in order to claim that. But, I, I think it's fitting on a night like this that in bones we trust wins the lamplighter eight pack, Ken, because there is so much reason to trust what is happening here with Rick Bonus and what is happening with this team. I, I guess I just want to segue into into asking you about him and where you think he has this team right now and how much credit you think that he deserves.
1: Yeah, I mean Rick has been doing a great job. I mean this is this is interesting. I mean we we talked about this a, a lot. I mean, I love the fact that Rick didn't like the you know the fact. I mean we also know Rick was you know, cooped up at home and wasn't able to be behind the bench on that road trip, but he knew that that level of play from the road trip where the Jets did find a way to take home five of six points. He knew that wasn't going to be sustainable. His players knew it. He knew it. The whole coaching staff knew it. Anyone watching the game knew it. But how he was going to pull this out of the team was going to tell you a lot about where the Winnipeg Jets were at. Yes, of course, there's lots of work to be done. The Jets are not a finished product. However, what they are is willing to adapt, willing to dig in, and willing to realize they have work to do, that they need to be better. Um it's impressive uh, what rick bonus has been able to do with his staff Uh, this is a team that obviously needed a little bit of a different direction and they're showing that they are receptive to the type of change that was required from them so i i like what i've seen in a lot of areas it's still early Uh, the jets have to keep this up if they want to hang around in the high rent district you don't just get to the high rent district hey this is the best start the Jets have had in franchise history that's worth that's worth noting what are they going to do with that start um, I thought it was interesting and I'd this is sort of a little bit off track uh, Mark Shifley what did you think about Mark Shifley what he said to you about being home and being a little bit more energized during this homestand after the start to the year that they had because well, I know funny. that you, you weren't you weren't necessarily buying that line of discussion earlier
0: no, and, and and I'll be honest with you, as soon as he started saying it, it started feeling like, you know, like I feel like this has been a team of excuses for for a lot of years. I've made that clear uh, on this program, and I feel like those excuses are going by the way, something, right? And, you know, what Ken, the moment that I, I thought it's either going to be that or it's going to be a disaster was when you and I had Rick Bonus on Kenny and Rennie all to ourselves for 40 minutes. Right after he signed and he came and i just i this line always sticks out to me how he said i hate gray areas i like to eliminate them wherever i can i want things to be black and white this is what i want from you if you don't do it i'm going to tell you you haven't been doing it if you don't do it again i start messing with your ice time because i'm going to win right i'm going to win i'm going to be the guy who comes out on top of this i don't think rick bonus i don't think we've heard anything from rick bonus about the time change and the travel and all that kind of stuff. We never heard him say anything about that. We heard him say their game. He didn't like where their game was. So I, th- when Mark Shifley started saying that, I, I, I was thinking, okay, are we getting into excuse territory here? Are we? Are they trying to? Is this revisionist history that maybe that road trip wasn't as bad as it was? Because I thought it was terrible. I know they got points in five or six games, but I thought it was a putrid road trip, and I said as much on this program, especially after that game. Uh, their final game against the Vegas Golden Knights. But what I really liked about what he said afterwards, because I thought it gave a real peek into how Rick Bonus corrected that, is the team came back, they had a little bit of time off, and Rick Bonus used that time. And Mark Schifley talked about them using that time. I like how what, what I envision or what I take away from that was Rick Bonus came back and he said, listen, this was not good enough, and here's why it wasn't good enough. And he gave the Jets very specific examples of what was okay with their game and what wasn't okay with their game. And then he turned around and he said, and this is how we're gonna handle it. We've got this much time. We're gonna go work on this, on this day. We're gonna work on this, this day. And that's gonna lead us into the Canadians game. And we're gonna play that game. And we're gonna be better. Because I remember him saying that. We're gonna be better than the, than we were. And they were. And then they took the time that they had after that game to build on it. And then all of a sudden they come out of that and they win 4 nothing. Over uh, a very spirited Chicago Blackhawks team. I know they're not the most skilled, but I thought they played the right way. And then they took the time off they had after that, and they worked on more and more, and they built and they built, and that's what it's what it's turned into. A, a lot of them weren't really biting on how much better they got over those the last three games, but that's what I see, Ken. I don't know what you see, but I see a team that that went from that game in Vegas. To that game in Montreal, where they're they're a remarkably better hockey team. To that game against Chicago, where they were better. To this game tonight, where I'm saying it again, that to me was a masterpiece. And it was the best game I can remember seeing the Jets play since the year they went to the conference final. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that. I think we kind of talked about this a little bit off the top of the show. But what I liked most about Mark Scheifele's answer was I thought it gave us a peek into Rick Bonus's process And how he's able to steady a team, use the time that he has to address very specific issues. And this is what it looks like when he's able to do that. Take his time, use those specific, you know, address those specific issues. And that, from what I see from that, a team gets better and better and better. And here's where I think that's going to pay off, Ken, is in the playoffs. And we talked about this when Rick Bonus first started with this team. I personally saw one of the reasons I liked... The Rick Bonus hiring. And I said that from the very beginning. I know people were attacking certain, you know, some people were attacking people who liked the decision. I liked it from the very beginning because I saw Rick Bonus go to the cup final with the Dallas Stars and I saw him make in series adjustments that really paid off for his team. This is what it looks like, Ken. The Winnipeg Jets, when they get to the playoffs, have a coach who can very easily address what he likes about his team's game, what he doesn't like about it, and he can build a plan and use the time that he has to make a team better. I think that's what we saw over these last three games, and I think Mark Scheifele's comments were a peek into that process from the players' point of view.
1: Yeah, and a quick one here. And like I said, I'm not making an excuse for the Jets, and I'm not going on to the time zone thing. But what I am saying, and what is a fact, Sean, it, there is no disputing this. When the Jets played their worst hockey, they were not practicing. So I don't think it's a coincidence that they've come home and had a break in the schedule for a team that is looking for structure, is looking to be more aggressive, is looking to make better reads. It's not a, it's not an accident that in a week where they have, you know, more time between games and aren't playing 3 and 4s in the Pacific time zone, that they look fresh, that they look structured, and that they can make a team like the Dallas Stars who made them look incredibly slow in game two, they've turned the tables on them. But that doesn't happen without, A, getting refreshed, and, B, a player's willingness to accept the teaching that is happening from the entire coaching staff.
0: You know what? I just got on here and talked about how much I hated excuses over the last couple of years, and you just dropped a whole bunch of excuses in this show, Ken. I don't know. It's not an excuse. Sean, Sean. I'm not buying it.
1: It's not a surprise that the Jets played so poorly in both games against Vegas. They had not been on the ice except for game action. So now suddenly they have some time to practice and they get it together against Dallas. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that's uh,
0: okay you know what they' uh, the audio in this building they're just bringing about air, out every single thing that makes noise in this building. Uh, but that's okay. We're going to power through because I want to have a conversation. I know, and I think this went well, a uh, kind of a big idea conversation. In the last show, we talked about Paul Maurice, the effect he had on this team. And I wanted to, you know, make the point that what you're seeing right now from the Winnipeg Jets is there's a lot of capabilities that they haven't inherited from Paul Maurice that under the structure of Rick bonus, I think is going to make them a very dangerous team. Despite the fact that, you know, I do think that a change was needed from Paul Maurice and maybe, uh, that kind of dovetails into this conversation here because maybe a change was needed a long time ago. But I think with that, we should have a conversation for the last 10 or so minutes of the show, Ken, about Kevin Dayoff, because the line about Kevin Dayoff coming into this year was that he basically ran it back. He didn't do anything over the offseason. Now, whether or not that was purposeful or he had this overarching plan the whole time, the one thing that I think that we have to have, because no one's talking about Kevin day off right now, because there's not a lot to talk about other than the fact that the roster that he told us, whether or not he tried to change it in the offseason, and I believe he tried to change it in the offseason, and wasn't successful in doing so. So they this may be success uh, from not being able to do what he was trying to do. But you do have to go back and give credit to the idea that even if he's running it back or not, This is the squad that Kevin Sheveldayoff built. And I had said this last year heading into the offseason. I think Kevin Sheveldayoff wanted to see what this team looked like under a different coach before he decided to blow things up. And he goes out and he hires the coach that looks to be getting the job done. For all the people who are hating on Kevin Sheveldayoff heading into the season, Ken, what should be said about Kevin Sheveldayoff and the role he has played in the success the Winnipeg Jets are having right now?
1: Well, I mean, what we know is that Kevin Cheveldayoff was trying to make some moves in the summer that maybe didn't come together, but we also know uh, those moves didn't necessarily include the majority of players that are part of the core group, that are still the, the core of this team moving forward. Uh, what, what do we know about the core? Uh, Mark Shifley playing probably his best hockey of his career uh, in terms of two-way play. Uh, yes, there have been some jokes about, you know, Mark Shifley being in the Cy Young leader with eight goals and one assist. But the biggest question about Mark going into this year was how would the two-way game be? And the two-way game is approved. Um, In terms of, uh, Kevin Sheveldayev made some moves around the periphery of the roster. Uh, That includes bringing back Saku Menelainen. Uh, That includes, you know, Sean, I was in the hallway in Banff. The Jets had had their last practice. Uh, They were getting ready to go home waiting for the waivers to come through. And Elliot Friedman, our colleague, um, tweeted out, Jets claim Janssen Fialbi. Who's Janssen Fialbi? I mean, that literally was what the, in the hallway, that's what the report, we looked at each other and we're like, Janssen Fialbi from Washington. Is he a forward? Is he a defenseman? Who is he? Well, what he is, is Brandon Tanev Light basically sean so that's a smart identification by the jets pro scouting staff right so is he going to give you a lot of offense no is he going to give you some speed and some disruption on the forecheck? check absolutely yes um yeah i mean do the jets want to run back the same defense core i don't think so but right now they are and right now due to some circumstances dylan sandberg is in villianella is out But they've made a switch on the back end. So, you know, in terms of David Riddick, still early. I mean, he had one bad period against Vegas and probably four or five good periods outside of that. Can he give you what Eric Comrie gave you last year as a member of the Winnipeg Jets? I'm not sure. But what we know is, so far, David Riddick has won one and lost one. And outside of one bad period, he's done the job of a backup, which is give his team a chance to win. I mean, are the Jets a finished product? Are they done tinkering with the roster? I don't think so. Sam Gagne. We have to mention Sam Gagne. Sam Gagne was one of the, not last players signed, but he was a late signing. Uh, if Sam Gagne didn't sign with the Jets, he may have had to take a PTO. I heard you say this uh, one other day, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sam Gagner. yes, he's playing on the fourth line, but Sam Gagne has been an effective player. Right now, Sam Gagne is on the top power play of the Winnipeg Jets. Yes, some people would like to see Cole Perfetti in that spot. But right now, Sam Gagne is giving the Jets quality minutes. So, did Kevin Sheveldayoff make a big blockbuster trade like we expected them to? No, he didn't. Uh, Should he be applauded for that? Should he be ripped for that? I mean, again, the proof is ultimately in the pudding. Sean, this is 12 games. I don't think that Kevin Sheveldayoff doing walking around his office doing fist pumps and victory laps saying I showed those guys but what we do know is that there were some subtle moves that have paid some immediate dividends and the most important thing Kevin Sheveldayoff said to the media during the offseason is that his belief was that there is a seismic shift with the hiring of Rick Bonus. and yes it is 12 games and it is a small sample size but all of the proof is that Rick Bonus has made a seismic shift with the coaching staff he brought in, despite missing time due to COVID. Rick bonus is having an impact on this group. And Sean, when we come to receipts, I told you something you didn't agree with in one of our first shows. Yeah. I told you that Rick Bonus told Kevin day off, I can win with this group. And right now that is sort of proving to be the case. It's early, they have a lot of work to do. But I think that was part of the decision making process. And I know, again, this the situation with Billy Hanala is not nearly over with. But if Rick Bonus thought Billy Hanala was in his top six to start the year, he would be in the top six. So right now, the Jets are getting results without Billy Hanala. I think we'll see Hanala as the season progresses. But right now, I mean, to your original question, Kevin Shevolday made some nice moves on the periphery of the roster that are paying some dividends right now and ultimately we'll see where that takes the Winnipeg Jets do I think Kevin Sheveldayoff is still looking to improve the Winnipeg Jets absolutely I do
0: well I think he's put them in a really good spot with the salary cap route that is there I mean the Jets will be able to take a really really big swing at the playoff deadline and listen i this isn't tinfoil conspiracy theory. I had this conversation with some people, including Sarah Orleski in the, in the uh, media center here uh, the other day. But, like, if I'm not saying it's going to happen. But if the Jets were to go for a guy, like, a, a, at the trade deadline, like, let's say, Jonathan Tays or something like that, like, they could do that, right? They've got the cap space to pull off something like that. And when we were watching Chicago the other night... The one thing that blows me away about, about uh, Jonathan Taze is when he's on the ice, the guys on the Jets who just can't get the puck taken off them and usually very handily take the puck off other guys, they can't get the puck off of uh, Jonathan Tays' stick. And Jonathan Taze goes and takes the puck off their stick. So, like, Jonathan Taze treats the best possession guys in the league as though they were, you know, just mere mortals or bottom of the – the 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 lineup NHLers so like I, I know I'm throwing this out there uh, I'm not saying that it's going to happen but Kevin Chevalier has put this team in a position where that can happen now Ken I'll tell you this um, I I do agree that Rick Bonus was a seismic shift but I also we all know that Rick Bonus kind of fell into Chevy's lap and he was trying to go for for Trotz right now I'm not saying that Trotz couldn't have come here and done the same thing I think he probably could have to be honest with you I think that he would have put the Jets in a really good light in the same way because I think he would have I think what Rick Bonus is doing is tackling a lot of the cultural issues that were plaguing the Winnipeg Jets that didn't get tackled under the former regime and I think Barry Trotz would have done the exact same thing in fact I know he would have done the exact same thing so but there still is a little bit of Things falling into Kevin Sheveldayoff's lap in this situation. And I think that them coming back with the roster is not a case of Rick Bonus coming in and saying, stop what you're doing. This roster is exactly what I want. I think that there were moves that were tried to be made and those moves did not work out. And in the end, it's a little bit of this falling into Kevin Chevaldeoff's lap again. But you got to give him credit for hiring Rick Bonus. You got to give him credit for putting this roster together before this. I don't think for a second he wanted to move Mark Shifley. And I know that if you go back and look at Kenny and Rennie's sh- shows, that when people were talking about moving Mark Shifley, I cautioned against that like crazy. I always thought it was a bad move. There's too much skill and ability involved there to not get. A different coaching to get a different look with that. So, so I'll say this this is a lineup and a nucleus that I think Kevin Chevaldeoff believed in for a really, really long time and has believed in, and they're here because of that. So, I think all the people who were kind of hating on Kevin Chevaldeoff have to say, have to kind of take a step back and say, he has put together a really good roster here. But a point keeps being made over and over and over again in the chat room. And it it should be pointed out. Look at Jason Eastwood here says bonus was a great hire, but we'd still have Maurice behind the bench. If it was up to Chevy, he never fired him. I'll say this. If we take a look at what happens here and if bonus does special things with this roster that for the most part, you know, the defense is one that we saw last season that didn't, you know, on a team that didn't perform well, the goaltending, is Kevin off? you know, from putting it back together. And the nucleus of this team, you know, the, a lot of the special stuff that we saw happen here tonight, is Kevin off putting this together. I think you've got to give Kevin off a lot of credit where things are right now, and he's built a roster that could succeed, a roster that he believed for a long time could succeed. But it highlights what is looking like an egregious error that he made that fans in this town have been screaming about for a long time. If Rick Bonus does something special with this roster this year, it just points to the fact that Kevin Cheveldayoff should have done something about the coaching staff a long, long time ago. And I agree with this take. Paul Maurice moved on of his own accord. He wasn't moved out by the Winnipeg Jets coach, coach, uh, Excuse me, management. Now, maybe by the end of the year they would have done that. But if the Jets do something special and if what we see right here continues then what it means is this change needed to be made a long time ago, and that wasn't done by Kevin Jelvedev. So give him props for the roster he's put together. Give him criticism for not getting to a Rick Bonus type coach before this to see what this roster was more capable of. That's where I land on this. Do you have a retort before we move on?
1: No, let's give away those uh, Winnipeg ice tickets uh, before we wrap up the show here. A big win for the – speaking of hockey teams playing well, the – uh, Winnipeg Ice knocked off the previously undefeated Red Deer Rebels uh, 3-1 to this evening at the Ice Cave at the Wayne Fleming Arena the rematch is Wednesday night for those who weren't listening live and who may be checking it out on the podcast uh, we have two sets of two tickets available uh, you can send me an email at kenjr at shaw.ca or uh, send something to either Sean or I via DM In uh, the first uh first two people to claim those tickets for Wednesday night's game and the rematch against the Red Deer Rebels uh, will be the winners there. Um, and we'll go from there. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say, I, I mean, again, we're not here to promote fighting, but uh, I give Ty DeLandria all kinds of credit for accepting the tilt with Brendan Dillon. I don't think it was a great life choice for him. Uh, I did. Brendan Dillon did not like the run that Ty DeLandria took kind of left his feet a little bit on the hit. It was definitely charging. Uh, may have left his feet. May have just been uh, yeah, Dale uh, that's a wake up for Dale, Saul Chuck, Dale. buddy. Yeah, give him a wake up. Yeah, that's a wake, a wake up, up Dale. We it appreciate was, you being here, Dale, but uh both and Sean Renny and Show, yeah. This we is an endorsed maneuver. Yeah.
0: Right from the first start, right yeah. from the beginning. Yes. No
1: doubt about that. Anyways, yeah. uh Brendan Dillon kind of got his teammates rolling. Again, we're not here to... That was one of those... It was not a staged fight. It was something that came out of the emotion. Uh, Brendan Dillon gave it to Ty DeLandria pretty good. And I also think he kind of he, he let up on him a little bit and good on him. I mean, I think that DeLandria was kind of out of his weight class, I think, a little bit, if you will. Uh, but uh, it was a good tilt, spirited tilt, I guess.
0: Um i've got no problem with you talking about fighting on this show as far as i'm concerned it's still part of the game uh promoted or not i I enjoyed seeing that two warriors who went at it and i thought gave a lot of energy to their team um but so you've done that before we go i just want to reiterate uh kenny and randy christmas party december 18th at trans canada brewing company uh we're going to be there we've got a private function room it's going to fit about 45 people so we've got to limit the amount of people who get in there. Uh, but we're going to get back to you with a little bit more details as the shows go forward. But we can tell you this, $20 tickets to get in, $20 gets you food and it gets you your first drink. So you're basically getting in for uh, for even on the cost of admission and you get to be there live in there. And we're going to set up a computer so that we can actually have live people there step up to the computer, join the show and uh, and you know ask questions, give their takes, that kind of stuff. Uh, we're going to ha- be having that happen. We are so looking forward to this and we want to make sure that we have, uh, we pack that room and have a great time. So we're going to get back to you with the details a little bit further, but that's where it's at. Uh, first come first serve when it comes to tickets, it's going to be great. We're looking forward to it. Uh, before we do go, want to give a thank you to our sponsors for the show here, Vittorio Rossi, TransCanada Brewing, the Johnson Group, Cambrian Credit Union, Lou Furlan and Homefield, um, Boy, oh boy, we said this once. I'm going to say it every time we end this show. If you appreciate the conversations happening in these spaces, appreciate the sponsors that are investing in those conversations. It's the reason why they continue to happen. So thank you for them. And lastly, I just want to bring this up one last time. Blue Thunder sharing uh, the tragedy in his life here and feeling comfortable doing so just highlights to me that we have... We are so lucky to have the people tuning in to watch us that we do and the people taking part in the chat room. Thank you for being you, chat room. You're the best. We can't wait to talk to you again next Saturday. A later start. Uh, see people were talking about. I think you're probably going to see Scotty Bilk show up in that show. You may even see a couple TransCanada brewing uh, taste tests happening in that show. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Appreciate you spending time with us. We will see you on Saturday.